down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. great you know he's bigger than you think he would be huh santa claus is bigger than you think he would be he is he's yeah. a big guy he's yeah a big he is guy. sturdy guy yeah <laughs> oh man um, that was fun that was fun i hope you all enjoyed it um we'll do this next year that was a really good time. Yeah, that was a good time. Those kids are great. I enjoyed it, and I want to thank again Local 841 for uh, the New Bedford Firefighters Union. They do so much in the community, including getting the real Santa Claus in here to come and talk to you kids, uh, talk to you guys, um, and take your app chat messages at 508-996-0500. And that's how you get on for the rest of the show. And it takes a lot of dedication and planning to get Santa all the way here from the North Pole, so mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. Another great thing done by the firefighters. Thanks to Casey Dudek, too, and our promotions department. She did a ton of work on this. I mean, I got a call from Santa on this on August 1st. Santa Santa called and said, "Hey, you know, hey, listen, the firefighters and I are we we want to get we want to get in studio and and talk to the kids and and so uh there was a lot that went into that segment and uh, I appreciate you all. If you couldn't get your kid through, um we'll we can call in next year. Tell them to wait till next year. Tell them to wait till next year. He'll already be thinking about it come tomorrow anyway. Or yeah. Come next week. He'll be thinking about Santa again anyway. Yeah, so um uh so 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. Um I'm going to take this break now. Yeah, take break I'm just going to do it now. All right, so we'll be right back. And Let's calm down. Now we, now we have to work. Now we have to work. <laughs> Your kids have it easy. So uh, thanks again to Santa. Thanks again for, to the local 841 firefighters. Thanks to everybody who messaged on the app chat. Thanks to everybody who called uh, 508-996-0500. What a great job Casey did by putting this together. Casey, Casey did an amazing job. We, again, this has been in the works for a while now, and uh, it really was a great segment. So thanks to everybody who called in. We're going we're gonna to definitely do it again next year. Yeah, I was going to say, Mark, if you enjoyed it this year, and I'm sure everyone did, remember we'll be doing it again next year. Oh, yeah. So, Chris. So now let's talk about adult stuff. Yeah, so now 
It's hard to it's hard to it's transition. Hard to tra- it's it's, it's hard to hard. transition. We just had this like jovial segment, and now we're like, well, so the war in Ukraine. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. Move the kids away. Roe v. Wade right. is overturned. You know, like what are we gonna do? It's. <laughs> I like a Planned Parenthood a break. <laughs> I like a gift of it. A Planned uh, Parenthood. <laughs> uh, there was a brief. Um, a brief respite from the uh, from the dystopian reality, but here we are. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Here's the Charles Dickens version. So, oh. There are not enough toys for children at this point. <laughs> Someone's so. going to go hungry. <laughs> and, and who do we blame? Whoa. Oh, man. Um. So, Marcus. So. We had a nice segment the other night with... Um, with Ted Nisi. That was so much fun. Right. That was a lot of fun. That, that was, was a dull fun. Christmas. Um, the, and his wife called in. Yep. Uh, Kim Kalunian. So we can see that South Coast is... is Senator the, Montigny called in too. Senator Montigny called in. Um, we talked about uh, septic systems. Uh, that's the big big topic. Everyone's going to get right. a, a Christmas septic system. Maybe that's what Santa can give everybody is right. a, sec- a, a new septic system right. that, that, that deals with the nitrogen <laughs> input. Even Santa has budget constraints, Marcus. <laughs> Can't swing it. I'm sorry. So um, the one thing I do want to talk about is it's a, it's, it's, it, it came out of nowhere, and it's a major move, and it answers a lot of questions that we had, okay. including including some questions that we had with Ted. Which is, what's Charlie Baker going to do next? Marcus, big news. <laughs> right? Big so, news. So Charlie Baker... Um, By the way, Marcus, would you have ever thought this is what he was going to do? Uh, no. I, Not in your radar screen, right? N- no. Nowhere near it. No. There was no hinting at it. There was no leak of that information. They kept that very close to the vest. Um, you know, he beforehand was... Uh, was uh, ran hospitals, right? right? Ran healthcare. So we thought we'd, he'd get back into that, but but instead he's doing what, Marcus? Oh, Charlie Baker is the new president of the NCAA, uh, NCAA, the National Collegiate Athletic Association. So they Charlie Baker is basically now in charge of all college sports. It is the biggest job of his life. Yeah, it is. The, it, as it big is big as, as, big as bigger, being the governor. It's bigger than being the governor of, of the Commonwealth. It very much is a step up and. Definitely better than the than the future that we had planned for him. <laughs> like, yeah. are you going to run for Senate? Are you going to run for president? No, I this is to, way better. I wanted to spend half a year on the campaign trail battling Liz Warren. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. He said, no, Chris, I have a better job. He said, no, I'm just going to run sports right, for a right. while. So I think this is like, I think this, again, you know, I think it's a... The NCAA is is definitely an organization that's embroiled in a great deal of controversy. Look, it's got a lot of primarily... All young athletes. Yeah. Right. Very young, just entering adult. And Marcus, they're adding a new dimension to it. Yeah. They're getting paid. The NIL deals, which is now uh, college athletes are able to, which honestly is, you know, a long, long time. Long overdue. Long overdue. A long time coming because for, for so long, the NCAA was exploiting the labor of the uh, of these college athletes who had played so well and achieved, you know, they had worked really hard to uh, to 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 achieve the level of talent that they have to be on our TV screens for these multi billion dollar TV deals and all of that, and and now they're getting finally getting paid. So Charlie Baker, I think, comes in as a consensus builder. You know, I think that's the biggest part of his profile is that he's a consensus builder. So while they navigate all these issues, I think that's one of the things that made him an attractive candidate for the job. And the um, 
the expanding of of gambling on sports, legalized yeah. gambling on sports, uh, which is going to have some impact on the collegiate athletes potentially. <clears throat> and Massachusetts isn't squared away; they're they're gambling on collegiate athletes. They still got to work on that, right? Too, so. so, I do think that it's a fantastic job opportunity for him. It's amazing. Um, I think they said the salary for the guy who's in the job right now is two point eight million dollars. Yeah. Which I have to be honest with you, actually seems a little low. I think he was making more when he was at um, Pilgrim Health, probably, or Harvard Pilgrim, probably. Yeah, you know, there's a lot more money on the line now. When you think of those TV contracts, they're they're enormous. Yeah. Oh no. It's, yeah, especially for these uh, all these bowl games and all of that. Yeah, it's the basketball piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just enormous. March Madness. Plus, how do you balance the um, the less uh, uh, profitable sports? Right. Yeah. Right. With the, um, you know, because all of it comes together. Yeah. They're given scholarships for basketball. They're given scholarships for volleyball. Right. Um, I don't know if they give scholarships for fencing, but, you know, there's a lot of smaller sports that don't, that all fall under his umbrella. Yeah. I mean, even it's, we're all thinking about like uh, Division One, like the SEC and right. all of that. And we're thinking about March Madness, but Divisions Two, Three, and Down are right. all under the umbrella of the NCAA. It is a massive organization and a massive purview. And there is so much going on now with the, it's an entirely new uh, landscape that hasn't been navigated yet. And he's got to make that navigable. So I really think it's an incredible, it's, it's really an incredible move. And again, I think it just, you know, they saw the job he did as governor in being the most popular governor by being a consensus builder. You know, I think of like in 2018 when he did that grand bargain, right? Yes. That there was going, they were going to put the fifteen dollar minimum wage that was going to kick in, bam, right away on the on the on the uh, on the ballot, and he was able to get together all of the lawmakers on on across the spectrum and come up with this, basically strike this deal on the grand bargain for a lot of labor achievements, and uh, it also helped uh, small businesses adjust to that um, that changing climate. So I and, think, and a lot of these schools that, that we that we think about um, are public schools, right? yeah. And they, therefore, therefore, there's a lot of governors involved yes. in this, right? And I think, I think his his, his relationships across the spectrum with I, governors I, is very helpful. I think that's a good point, actually. Yeah, you're right because you you think about there is there is a lot of um, you so know like, all state schools. Yeah, like Michigan State, Ohio Kentucky. State, right? Kentucky, all yeah. the Florida schools. Yep, really, there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, Florida there. State. Yep, there's uh there's they're all they're all state schools. So maybe his relationship, although I don't think he has a great relationship with the. You know, with Ron DeSantis, but, um, but but he can get stuff done. But he can get stuff done. He can he can he's popular with with both sides of the aisle. Yes, and I think he can again be a consensus builder. So I, a huge move. I, I mean, really out of nowhere. And I think everybody yesterday was like losing their collective minds over it. We're like, oh my god, that's incredible. So it'll yeah. it'll be um, unfortunately for Charlie Baker. The only time we'll hear from him again is when some scandal breaks out. It's kind of right? it's, it's kind it's of scandal control in many ways. Yeah, I think it is scandal control. Um, I think he's yeah, it is scandal control, and he's dealt with that a little bit too. You know, he's got the the mass state police stuff that was going on oh, yeah. under his umbrella and a few other things. So he's dealt with scandal control as well. All the public, all the public employee political appointees of Charlie Baker, um, yeah, now don't have to worry. Yeah, yeah, right? that too. Because you need that too. you'll need a lot of communications. Uh, 
Yeah, people, right. That, that's that's true. Thank you, Uncle Charlie. Now I have yeah. a job. <laughs> so, um, no, that's that's actually a good point. Is that now a lot of those patronage? It's a huge bureaucracy. Yeah, those and those patronage jobs that state Republicans were relying on for a long time, and you know, we're we're getting for a long time now. I think a lot of them are those are transferable. Yes. Yeah. That's correct. They are, <laughs> and they will be. He can carry his machine forward. Yeah. So. Um, I really, I, I think that uh, it's well. You know, it's kind of funny too about all of that is that even with um, all of like the you know, there's some hosts on this network that really don't like Charlie Baker, right? Yes. And we're like happy he's gone either way, sure. right? And there's a lot of re- state Republicans, mostly Republicans. That 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 twenty percent were the 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 Jeff Deal Republicans that wanted him gone. Um, and he was all the, because he wouldn't hire Jeff Deal, and right, and he's not going to hire him this time either. And uh, well, here's the uh, ironic thing: is that um, he's now even more ubiquitous than he was before. Yes, <laughs> yes. right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, you if you were tired of seeing him uh, in the paper or mentioned other places or all of that, now you're going to see him on Sports Center. He's going to be on Sports Center all be the on time. Spo- you're right, he's Marcus. even more ubiquitous than he was. If you lived in Massachusetts, he was obviously the governor is ubiquitous, right. but he's going to be even more ubiquitous than he was before. So chasing him out of town actually got him even, you know, I think, uh, was probably the best thing that ha- ever happened to him. Honestly, he's a much bigger guy than he was yesterday. He really is. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, Normally, you think, Governor, what's the next? Well, what's he going to do? Become yeah. president? Actually, it's a bigger deal in some respects and, than and even running for president. Com, you know, being the head of an organization like that is a tough gig. Roger Goodell gets a lot of flack and I think deserves it. But he could, you know, you know, he could maybe have like a David Stern type of legacy or Adam Silver. Right. David Stern, for example, is the guy who basically saved the NBA, right? And Adam Silver was his number two. He could have that type of, if he does this right, he could have that type of legacy and be really a beloved uh, and revered figure in sports. So he's got to figure, I would say, Marcus, uh, help these kids learn how not to spend their money. Yeah. Right? I mean, let's face it. If you're, most of them are not going to make the pros. And I think, he, I think he's good at implementing that stuff like that as well. You right. Know? He's a finance guy. Hey, kids. This might not, this might be your last big payday. It might be a hell of a payday, right? <laughs> yeah. But you can make it last. So I think there'll be a, a lot of financial implementations here in an effort to help these kids who, quite frankly, have been, as you point out, Marcus, have been, been being exploited by the schools. Yeah, well, they've been ex- and the television companies. Oh, well, absolutely. And all the spots across. Well, the we board. were talking about. Uh, I talked about this off air, but there's a guy who plays for New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans down in the NBA. His name's Zion Williamson. He's an excellent, one of the best power forwards in the league when he's healthy. But one of the best power forwards in the league, and he was a transcendent college athlete at Duke University. I mean, really, he was very clear he was going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. And during the tournament, the NCAA tournament, they had a. Um, they had a uh, Zion cam that was follow basically an entire camera, an entire sponsored segment right. that was following him around the entire game, and he didn't make a cent from it. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It's criminal, actually. It is absolutely. Thank you, Santa. Thanks, Thanks Santa. Santa. Thanks, Santa. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Santa. Thanks, Santa. So Santa popped in. Again, he's on his way back to the North Pole. Back to the North Pole. The um, actually, I think he's going to Mattapoisett now. He's going to Mattapoisett. Yeah. Yep. The um, all Saints go to Mattapoisett. That's true. So, 
Marcus, the um, the fact of the matter is, is that if you if you don't want to know much about sports, folks, turn your television on on a Saturday afternoon. All there are are college kids on sports yeah. television. Yeah, they are on the same channels at the same slot that the following day all the professional athletes are. On. Well, well, the the thing is, is in a lot of places the college sports are. Alabama. Alabama, for example. Alabama has Auburn in Alabama. Yeah. It's all they do down there. There's a, yeah, right. And there's a lot staked on those, uh, actually, on, the, on, that, on, the, on that rivalry game and all of that. Yeah. I heard today, I'd never knew this before, that the most money bet on professional sports is in Alabama. That makes sense. Right? That makes sense. Incredible. Yeah. 508 Let's actually take another break. 1420 WBSM, New Bedford's News Talk Station. Since the America's kids are returning to class, in school, and at home. And this year, learning is especially tough for kids who already struggle with poverty, emotional trauma, and other barriers. But Communities in Schools is helping by putting caring adults in schools to connect with kids. And now we're reaching beyond school walls, tutoring, mentoring, and counseling students, providing resources for at-home learning, doing whatever it takes to make sure all kids have the opportunity to learn and succeed. For more information, visit communitiesinschools.org. Hello, I'm Jose Hernandez, and I have been using a wheelchair since my accident in 1995. I guess if I had one message for the general public, it would be that I appreciate your help. But please, ask for I know you mean well, but I've actually got everything under control. And if I don't, I'll ask for assistance. People with disabilities just want the same respect and consideration as everyone else. This is a message from United Spinal Association. Download our disability etiquette booklet at unitedspinal.org. America's kids are returning to class, in school, and at home. And this year, learning is especially tough for kids who already struggle with poverty, emotional trauma, and other barriers. But Communities in Schools is helping by putting caring adults in schools to connect with kids. And now we're reaching beyond school walls, tutoring, mentoring, and counseling students, providing resources for at-home learning, doing whatever it takes to make sure all kids have the opportunity to learn and succeed. For more information, visit communitiesinschools.org. You've spent all day hearing about the news. Now's your chance to react to it. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Call Chris and Marcus now at 508-996-0500. Or send a text via app chat on the WBSM app. Now, back to South Coast tonight. You know what Santa got us for Christmas? What's that, Marcus? Got us a great fill-in host. He d- I was just going to say that. What <laughs> Jack's playing did a great job. He really did. He he had uh, he had Scott Lang on, former yes. mayor of New Bedford, and our very first guest. He had um, he had uh, and his first guest when he filled in his and his first guest. He's continuing the first guest tradition. He had uh, Scott Lang on. He had. Uh, Bill Strauss uh, from Mattapoisett, the chair of the House Transportation Committee in the State House. Um, so he had Bill Strauss on to talk about what's coming with South Coast Rail. Talk about talked about mail in balloting. It was a really interesting conversation. So, and then he got a a, a, call, a lot of calls in the nine o'clock hour, talking about some local issues like housing and all of that. So I liked when our audience responds to a guest host. Me too. I do like that. Um, yeah, because whoever we have as guest hosts, it's because we respect them. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and um, they they offer something very unique from us, um, yeah. but complimentary. Yeah. So uh, Jack will be um, the new host. <laughs> I'm taking a break. No, I'm just no, kidding. no, don't don't spread rumors like that, Marcus. I did that actually. I made a joke that I was. Um, I made a joke uh, back a few months ago that I was 
taking uh, after the election. Right. I was going to be off until until the until the next election. Right. And people took it seriously. People, yes, because people believe you. Yeah. Right. People believe you, Marcus. People believe me. <laughs> but I, I did think that that Jack did a great job. Yeah. And, and um, Scott Lang made a lot of news. I think. Well, Scott Lang. Because I was getting texts about what he was saying. Scott Lang was as always. He was Scott Lang. Yes. So Scott Lang comes on and uh, just goes, um, I think, is very, let's say, candid about how he feels about the offshore wind industry, uh, saying that it's like obsolescence is inevitable, that by the time it gets built, the technology will already be dated. So he's been talking about fusion for a long time. He compared it to eight-track tapes. Isn't that amazing? Well, he's also got a gift for words, right? He, <laughs> he can does. paint a picture for you. He does. He will be the next host of South Coast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he really can. Uh, he really can. Um, I actually, and I gave him a mug. He 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 did an unboxing. Uh, usually, people do unboxing videos. He did an unboxing audio, and he made it work. Oh, he always makes it work. Right? He always makes it work. So Scott has been in top of fusion for a while. Uh, he's been mm-hmm. talking about fusion. For a number of years, he has. Uh, to me, you know, and and um, <clears throat> he has been a real skeptic on wind, and he let you all know about it. He was a skeptic on wind, but not to the extent, like, public, he's always been skeptical, right? Mm-hmm. But the conversations we've had with Scott when the mics are off right. are typically a little bit different because, I mean, typically we don't bring it up, right? Right. But, but... He, we've talked to him about this before, and then he just came out and was just like, yeah, I don't think this is going to work. Right. And he further said, you know, we've got a multi-billion dollar fishing industry here, you know, that is the cultural, like... Uh, why sacrifice fa- it? Why risk the sacrifice? It's not worth it. Yeah, he said, why mortgage it for right. the for the... Uh, for a new technology that he says is going to be obsolete. It was really something. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Yeah, guys, he was unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, I was sitting here and I'm going, wow. Mm-hmm. He, he has a way of, of bringing a, a certain logic uh, to his argument that yes. you know you can't argue against. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a couple of things after he, he got off, I started thinking about it. And, uh, boy, he, he sort of halts, halts you in your thought process. And, and what was great about it is... He's got people thinking about this now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the, the whole uh, assessment he did on the wind industry for New Bedford, uh, the number of jobs, uh, the number of acreage, uh, the, the inability of, of uh, people in uh, Division of Marine Fisheries, I guess, uh, to uh, uh, not uh, consider properly the permits they gave uh, for this industry uh, in terms of what they got to do to the bottom of the ocean and the, uh, uh, the the seabed, if you will, where in the past, you know, we, you, 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 if you were going to build something in the ocean, you'd have to have, you know, scrutiny, studies, and everything else. Uh, and these folks didn't uh, uh, go that way. They just let it go. They let everything go. They, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I know back in the 80s, when we tried to stop uh, the power dredges, and thank God uh, they were stopped from coming into Class Cove for years and years and years, you know, they were ripping up the bottom. Right. It took 30 years, 30 years to get a set of base scallops going again. This is largely through the efforts of the former selfish warden, Brad Burke. But that, that was a major dilemma in terms of getting that industry going, uh, and we did. 
uh, unfortunately, the council eliminated it, the selfish committee, which is <laughs> what happened to it, yeah. our side. But um, uh, in terms of uh, uh, the former mayor's argument, uh, we got to start thinking about this. I mean, let's say it it it, it only takes a decade. I, I think it may be a little bit longer than that uh, for uh, proper distribution. And if it is going to be longer than that, what do we do? Do we stop building buildings the way we build them? Uh, do we update the utility grid or don't we? You know, all those kind of questions that, that are, are major. I mean, the, the global aspect that he brought into it was fascinating and very real. You know, if this is successful, then oil no longer is king. Right, and there's, right. not war, there's not wars or right. threats of wars. Right. All that kind of stuff. You know, so you sit here and, boy, he has a way of make you think. And... Um, uh, I, I don't know what my position would be now. You know, right. I, I was totally uh, in favor of, of the wind industry. Uh, as I stated before, under the Markey administration, they began to study it uh, when I was in office in 1980, uh, measuring the wind down at Fort Rodman with, with a community development grant. I think it was $75,000 for Anomata down there uh, uh, to see if it would be feasible. And it showed that it was. Now we, what, 30, 40 years later, and you've got the big guys coming in. And uh, he was also saying that, you know, if we, we stick our stake in the ground uh, for the fishing industry, that isn't going to stop other places like Quonset from putting uh, wind machines out there. So that, that separation uh, of you know, there's going to be windmills in the ocean. Right. Is what I'm saying, uh, regardless of of how long it takes for the fusion to become viable, and um, what, what, what do we, what as we as a city, what what are we putting our stake in? That's the other question regarding that. And I wasn't so sure that he fully answered that because what if it takes 30 years, you know, to get this viable? We don't know. Uh, certainly, engineers all over the country are going to be working the dickens off to get this done as soon as possible. Uh, but in the meantime, it's where, you, you know, it gets a little foggy. What do we do? And this is where the discussion uh, should be taking place, not only here, but uh, throughout the Commonwealth, in my opinion. Well, we've certainly spent a lot of time and money on the project. A lot of taxpayers' money has gone into this now. Um, yep. It's nice to see someone <clears throat> who's a thinker, who's who's got the ability to shape opinion standing up and saying hold it a second right hold it a second what are we doing here let's talk this through let's think about this exactly because up until yeah. now you really haven't had that no well you, you you've had you know the 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 mitigation between the industry fishing industry and the wind industry um we haven't been so privy as a public to what those conversations are like. We know that the fishing industry is against uh, the wind projects uh, in, in the areas that they fish here. Uh, and then you get the, you know, the most recent arguments of opening up the northern banks on, on George's banks uh, for the scallop industry. And that seems to uh, be moving forward. Uh, but man, it's well, one of those questions. You were around for when they were talking about drilling for oil off of Georgia's bank, right? You were around for that conversation. Not only the conversation, I petitioned to nationalize the American oil company. <laughs> <That's what I laughs> I've, I've so, got a copy of that I like it. in my file. I like yeah, it. All, all, 
And then we turned around well and Brazil, Aaron Rodgers Brazil and getting a Venezuela. Lot of from Rodgers where uh, we wanted them to, to float a $7 billion liability bond if they were to go forward with it. And, so, uh, so here we are with a, with, a, with a what should be a similar conversation. Right. You know, but, but, but there, there is nobody who's a skeptic of wind except now Scott Lang. Yeah, I mean, really, it, who's, who locally, I mean. I mean, if the fusion thing didn't happen, you know, we'd all, uh, you know, look at, you know, the mitigation that took place, exactly how did it affect the fishermen, you know, and it's 10 years out and we're gaining electricity from the wind system. And we go, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. You know, it's not polluting the air. But this, this discovery, <laughs> it, it kind of like blows everything out of the water. It's like, yeah. wait a minute. And I'm, it's like you said. I'm glad he stood up and said what he said, and uh, because it it, it 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 mandates that that we begin at least having discussions around this. You know, yeah. I mean, it, 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 simple things. You're going to build a house. You know, does this fusion energy? How, how is that going to affect you? Is it necessary to put an extra uh, hole in your wall or, or whatever? Right. Uh, right. You know, all all those kind of things. It's millions and millions and millions of things to think about. You know, the utility grid, do we update the utility grid the way it is, or is fusion going to change that, you know? Right. I mean, it's, 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 I mean it's, fusion, by the way, you know, it's worth noting, it is still some time away. Yes. But so are the turbines. <laughs> So yeah, you, I mean, that, listen, that's the thing. I'm not. I'm but, listen. I've been a supporter. I've had people from Vineyard Wind on. I'm a you know I'm a supporter of clean energy, of alternative energy, of offshore wind. If it works, I I, I am, and it's it's definitely on its way. But I think Lang, I think Mayor Lang, uh, who's obviously you know very well studied on on the issues, right? Particularly with fishing and 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 and, uh, and clean energy. Uh, I think I think he brought, raised some important questions. Oh, it's incredible, incredible. If people pay attention to it and. And just keep that in, in the pockets of your mind. Uh, this is for the general public. Uh, yeah. they, they start thinking about all this. I mean, well, the, the, you, the conversations have to be made soon. You know? So Even, we, recently, uh, Marcus, uh, when you and I, we had Bill Keating on a couple of weeks ago now, um, and he started talking about nuclear energy. Yes. Right? Remember that? I mean, he started talking about nuclear energy, and it was yeah, really, it almost seemed out of the blue. Yeah, because Keating chairs the uh, the um, uh, Europe and uh, Energy uh, subcommittee right. um, in the in the House of the, of the Foreign yeah. Affairs Committee. Yeah. So he's seeing all the, the the for instance the demands for natural gas, <clears throat> all yeah. of that by Europe with it, with the Russia coming off the market in some cases. <clears throat> but my point being is that the whole bought all bought in on wind is not one hundred percent there. There is a need for alternative alternatives. And so, and no and we, question about it. But and we have people in the policy realm who are thinking about it, and that's important. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I thought he had slipped that day. He mentioned Westinghouse being the leader uh, that of that nuclear uh, stuff for all of Europe, uh, and and that came out of previous conversations on one of your shows right. uh, uh, that that he had. Uh, alluded to but i thought it was a slip i thought he slipped on it like after he said oh i wasn't supposed to let that out <laughs> kind of thing uh, that was keating but um certainly that that information was exciting at the time now this this is this is the big game changer you know if this it's timing too is it going to be 10 years is it going to be 30 years you know and then what do you do in the meantime right what do you do in the meantime is important Yep. Most important, actually. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, hey, good show. And, Thank uh, you. 
Uh, I would have some uh, uh, questions for Santa. Like, what do I do with this coal I got in for the last <laughs> few years? Well, don't burn it. Don't burn it. <laughs> yeah, but, don't burn it. Yeah. Hey, happy holidays to you. Thank you thanks so much. Merry Christmas. That's the that's the thing now. Um, I think Santa's got to find an alternative to maybe like a little solar panel. Well, no, coal is still useless. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Coal was given to you because you couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, if you were if you were cold, you wanted coal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But since um, that was my understanding. Maybe I'll leave a little solar panel in there now because it'll still be used a for a solar kid. panel. It's a little panel, like a, just a little piece of a like panel. The, the one that you see on the side of the highway that they film that they use to um, power the signs. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go, like that. Yeah. The um, no, but Scott Lang, I thought really um. Made some waves, no pun intended. He did. He did make some waves, and we'll definitely, um, you know, get that out. Want to get that information out a little bit more? Like, you know, do you have the Santa thing? And there's a lot of this could get lost. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure it doesn't, um, because I thought it was an important conversation. We'll definitely, you know, Mayor Mitchell, his successor, has been a champion of offshore wind. He's all in on it. He's all in on it. He went to Europe to talk about it, yep. uh, and he has been, uh, you know. Doing offshore wind segments, he came on here. Uh, one of the very first, his fir- very first appearance, he came in here to talk about how New Bedford is positioning so- itself to be the offshore wind capital, really, of the country. Correct. So we're going to we're going to have. I think I think this warrants getting Mayor Mitchell back in. Stu- he likes coming in anyway. Yeah, he, good guy. He has a good he has a good time with us. So um, we'll we'll get Mayor Mitchell back in studio to to respond to some of that. Hey, listen, we got to take this break. We'll be right back. Here's what's happening this weekend on. Ta- so Marcus. Um, we're losing our governor, and we're gaining a governor. We are. Um, we had an interesting conversation with Ted Nisi about that, and I think it's worth picking up a little bit on. Sure. Which is that because she had no opposition, which is not her fault, obviously. No. Her, her opposition was anemic. It was terrible, right? Even in the primary. Yeah. She didn't. You're right. She had, there was no opposition in the primary. I forgot about that piece, too, actually, yeah. Marcus. Yeah, because Sonia Chang Diaz was her... Was her was her challenger, but she dropped out right after the convention. Right, she was never not only forced. It's always risky to take a position. Yeah, let's be honest. Let's be you know charitable. You don't have to. Why do it? Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you hate to say it, but it's a reality. It's true. So therefore, she's not coming in with anything at no, all. She, we, don't, we don't have any. Yeah. Now, now, in some respects, that gives her a clean slate. Yeah. But in other respects, it, it's not like I voted for her. You guys voted for me because whatever, right? Yeah. So now we're going to do it. They they voted because they like Maura Healy. They liked her she performance. She wasn't Donald Trump. Yeah, and she they liked her performance as attorney general, and they thought Maura Healy will be a good governor. Well, not only that, she was the only one who's even on the ballot, basically. Yeah, it's true. She was the only Democrat on the ballot. Yep. Jeff Deal was barely on the ballot. Yeah. Ran 30 points behind. He ran no serious advertising. Yeah. He put up no agenda issues. He put up nothing. I mean, it was some of those ballot questions, but they've been decided. They were decided pretty pretty overwhelmingly. Yep. Um, so her, her her job, basically, and I asked her about this during the campaign um, when, when I saw her in Totten, but I was like, I mean, you know, let's be real. You're winning the race. So... Are you, are you just campaigning for down ballot Democrats? Right. And she was like, well, it's one big ticket and all that. But I think that was essentially what 
what what was happening? You had Kim Driscoll come down for Hero a couple times. You had um, you had her come down for Carol Doherty, right? And Mark uh, Mark right. Pacheco, who had challengers, and Paul Feeney. But other than that, it was just you know it was mostly just trying to run up the score on the ticket, which worked. So when Bill Weld got reelected, um, he all those years ago he got reelected on the on number one of them was a death penalty, the other was uh, you know combating Beacon Hill. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of issues. Uh, taxes, yeah. businesses, things, jobs. You knew that's why he she, ran. She, I don't even think she really mentioned the word she, jobs. She, she just said she did commit to like lowering taxes for working class people and all of that stuff. And she did have, they did have like you know, because n- knowing housing was a big issue, they did say they're going to make a secretary of housing. Basically, they're going to split up the house, uh, office of housing and economic development, and have a secretary of housing. That's the only major policy position that she'd taken you know Uh, i mean other than the you know the 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 standard democrat stuff which i think is important um but yes but 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 in terms of in terms of fundamental change that's the only thing in terms of saying here's my legislation i'm putting forward because you voted for me yes right bill weld he failed in the death penalty but that was one of his big issues right um the death penalty so um where i think she could be successful in that is saying is is sort of she's there she's the governor she won overwhelmingly there is going to be no opposition she will you know and she will get reelected again and maybe just i mean the way the republican party is now she's going to get reelected again right um well her opposition is going to come from within the democrat party well exactly that's where her problems are that's be. that's exactly if they even if they even you know if they even want to if the if the mass dems are even going to try to entertain that which they won't well, what i mean is is individual powerful senators for instance yeah. when she goes to make big changes to zoning laws for instance yeah which is the only way you're going to fix the housing issue yeah primarily it's a nimby attitude and and therefore zoning marcus you know town meetings no, do I ever? Right, the governor's not going to be at town meeting. No, right. right? Yeah, when they yeah, go to put yeah. an affordable housing development, in, yeah, exactly. Right? Listen, when we try to do some affordable housing in Freetown, 